Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries where everyone is a winner. Join us as we rightly divide the word of truth. Praise the Lord, church. Praise, praise, praise the Lord. Are we ready to receive from the Lord this morning? I sure am. I sure am. Hallelujah. Father, this morning we come before your throne of grace. The Bible says you are the great teacher. And this morning we say, Father God, our ears are open. Our hearts are receptive. Our eyes are open. And Lord, we will be obedient to that which you will teach us this morning. As Mary and Martha sat at the feet of Jesus to learn from him, we come to the feet of the throne of grace this morning. That you will teach us, O oh God. And we'll not only be hearers, but also doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Before we start, um, there's a clip that we want to show. Amen. Anyway, before, yeah, that, that's fine. As they work on it, um, I'll just make a start, and when it comes up, we will we'll get straight into it. Over the next few weeks, we are going to be doing a few series, and we've titled it Biblical Finance. And, you know, it's so important that we are able to handle our finances. I think we... I'm in the States. I make a red up in here. Yo, Twenty-four thousand. Uh, oh, six. How much is it? It's not the four thousand. Ah, you can go to eBay. It's not that expensive. Five hundred. If, if I clap, come on, you want what? 
That's why you never marry. You want the shoes. You they walk. My brother said, All right, doll, I'm gonna see you around then. the Lord. You know, we look at that and it, it, it seems, it's funny, isn't it? You know, but a lot of times in life, we want to, you know, we want to go for things that we really cannot afford. And, you know, God wants to speak to us this morning and talk about how we should handle the things that he has given to us. You know, growing up, and I, from, I mean, most of us I have African parents. I remember my mom always used to say, cut your coat according to your... I like the way you said that because technically it's cut your coat according to your cloth. But I always heard, cut your coat according to your size. And you know, for a long time, I did not actually understand the proper meaning of it. All I knew is live within your means. Right, which is also what it means. But I had to look into it and say, right, what actually does that mean to each and one, every one of us? So whether you're in the world or in the Lord, the, it, the same applies to us, that we need to cut our coat according to our cloth. We need to cut our coat accordingly. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Because we want the Lord to bless us. But in blessing us, we have to be good stewards of what he has also given to us. Amen? So, let's look at what does it mean to be, you know, to, 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 to work along with God in our, in our finances. It means we have to be stewards of what the Lord has given to us. And I looked up the word. What is, does it mean to be steward? There's one definition that says, the responsible overseeing and protecting of something considered worth caring for or preserving. And that's what the dictionary says. Now, if we look at what financial stewardship means, it simply means that all that we have, material possessions, monetary possessions, monetary gains, our income, our properties, our finances, all belong to God. And we would see that in the Bible as we go along. So today, what we're going to do is we'll have an overview. And over the next few weeks, apart from next week, when we have a dedication, we'll go into structured topics and I encourage us, if we have questions, if we have topics that we want dealt with, make a note of them. We might be able to answer some of them as we teach today. And that's going to be myself and Will that will be taking you know, the different sessions. And if we're not able to answer them, please let us know and we'll integrate them into the next set of sessions that we have. So that we can reach you know, or touch on every question that people have. So the purpose of today is to help us understand where we are financially. We're going to look at some facts. We're looking at figures. We'll look at some statistics. And we'll look at what the Bible says. Because it's important for us as children of God to see it from the word of God. And that's what we, we, part of the things that we're going to look at today. 
we're going to look at what causes financial stress. And believe me, there. You know, when we when we look at our lives and look at relationships, you'll be surprised the part that finances or lack of money management plays in our relationships. We're going to look at the implications, and we look at remedies. And thank God, you know, God is a faithful God. Where we go wrong, he does not throw us out there and say, right, you're on your own. There is always a way out. And that is why it's important for us to come back, you know, to God. Let's have a quick look at There's a slide, slide five, I believe it is. Right. <laughs> it's so lovely when we're having to carry all those bags, isn't it, ladies? Yes. When we buy the lubes and we buy the Michael Kors and we just go shopping. But can you see the lady on the other side? Right? And you know what? Let's be real with ourselves. That's the way some of us are. We go shopping. It's a lovely experience. We spend the money. We spend the credit cards. And then six months down the line, we still have those clothes in our wardrobes with the tags on them. And worst still is you find you don't like some of those clothes anymore. You don't like those shoes anymore. And what do you do? You bag up 500, 600 pounds of items and you take them to the charity. We have just wasted God's money. Right? Let's have a look at the other slide. Because the men are not exonerated from this. Every technology there is out there, there are guys that want to be, they want, they want to have the technology. They want the phone, they want the iPad, they want the, the what are the gadgets called? The, the one you play. The PS, the PS1 and the 2 and the 3 and the 4. And you know, name it. They want the latest gadget out there because they want to be seen with it. But question is, do we really need those things? Or are we wasting money? And I want this to, you know, I want this to just sit with us for a little while as we go through today to ask ourselves, if we are stewards, if we are caretakers, what are we doing to God's money? And that is why, you know, it's so sad to say that the majority of churches in the UK, in London, we have to hire our venue. We cannot afford to buy outright. And uh, we say our father is the owner, he, he owns a cattle upon a thousand hills. We say our father, the one that we serve, is the provider of everything. He owns the gold, he owns the silver. But we cannot afford to buy a building to worship. Because for us, the children he has blessed, we're spending our money like this. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't buy gadgets. But when we buy these things, we need to realize that we're buying it because we need them and we will make use of them. I'm sure if we look in our lofts, if we look at home, there are so many stuff that we got. I mean, I'm included. I've got stuff in the loft that I haven't used in ages. 
But you know what? God has delivered me. Uh, and that is why. That is why that God is using me to be able to, you know, to reach out and say, I've been there. I've done it and I've got the t-shirt. But you know what? Thank God that I have been delivered. I am no longer a slave to stuff like that. If I've got something, I buy it and I use it. If I don't need it, I ask myself. And that's what I'm encouraging us to do today. Because we are on a journey. We've heard this. We heard this last week. And we need to live in obedience. And that goes for each one of us. If we ask our moms and our dads, we have the dads that bought, bought uh, properties in Nigeria and in Ghana and probably never went there. The other day, dad uh, preached about a man who worked so hard here, bought a property, bought a car, and died before he had an opportunity to go to Ghana to enjoy it. That money could have been invested in the kingdom of God. For our moms, we have the trunk box load of Ankara's and laces and pots and pans that we were planning to take back to Nigeria, take back to Ghana. You know, it's, and you know, we thank God that God can open our eyes and he can deliver us from these things. But it's important that we know the truth because the Bible says that the truth we know will set us free. And that is why we're here. That is why we're hearing these things. So that we will be set free from the bondage. God wants to bless us. God wants to use us as a vessel. But if he, if he gives it to us and it stops with us, if it stops with us by going to Harrods, if it stops with us by going to Selfridges, by buying the Michael Kors, by buying all the expensive things, and we don't see further past that, and we don't see that there's a need in the church. And we don't see that there are poor people out there. There are homeless people out there that need to be fed. The kingdom of God needs to be increased. And we are the ones to get the word out there through the TVs, through the radios, through the churches, through outreaches. Because we haven't got the finances to do it. Then what God will do is, he, he wouldn't, we won't get it. Because he knows that if he gives it to us, it's not going to go to where he needs it to go to. So it's important for us to change our mindset. If God opens our hands and we receive, Lord, what would you have me do with this money? Maybe the reason we have that money is because he wants us to reach out to somebody else. Every drop of water makes a mighty ocean. The likes of me and you are the ones that need to build the church, are the ones that need to build the kingdom. It doesn't take one person. It takes all of us coming together as the body of Christ. We're going to have a look at some statistics, and, you know, that would really, for me, it would really sink home. You know, every single household in the UK, if you were going to put a debt price on them, owes 55,000 pounds. And that's if you've got a mortgage. Every UK home. So if you look at it, a father, a mother, and children, the debt that they owe. Now, that's not to say, you know, that's the actual. Some 
families owe less, some families owe more. So that is just, that's an average. And that's if you've got a mortgage. If you haven't got a mortgage, that reduces down to 10,000. So for people who, who, are, who even live in a council accommodation, they still have a debt price on them. The amount of interest that's paid daily, I had to look at that and look at it again because it just did not seem real to me. The amount of interest that's paid daily on the debt that we owe collectively as at the end of November was 163 billion. I mean, I, I still find it hard to comprehend that because that is a lot. Every 18 minutes, a property is repossessed. So you can imagine someone, someone has a mortgage of 25 years. I think it's increased to 30 years. And they've paid, what, three quarters of it. If you, if you default on it, the house gets taken away. I mean, it's such a sad concept to, have, to, 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 to behold. If you look at the use of plastic uh, credit cards, it's increased. It's almost, it's an extension of our income. And it's sad that we live in a society that encourages people. I mean, I tell you, there are so many times that I get letters that come to the house. Credit card, credit card, credit card. Even when my children were under 18, they got letters that came to the house. Offering them credit cards. And then they get the credit cards and they use it. And then the government chases after them. And if they can't pay it, they end up in court. Their names end up getting blacklisted. What are we talking about? We're talking about being good stewards of what God has given us. If you have a credit card, you're 28% more likely to use that credit card. You spend more by using a credit card than if you take out the cash. Because you don't see it physically. The one that really got to me is there was a survey of divorced couples and 85 to 90% of them stated money issues as part of the reasons for their divorce. We've become worshippers. And money has taken the place of our relationship. You know, I look back and I think in those days, our grandparents, our parents did not have credit cards. And they still survived. They made do with what they had. My mom always told me, if you haven't got the money, don't go there. Just don't. As long as it's not food. But the system we're in now encourages debt. And unfortunately, we have a government that doesn't know how to manage the economy. They set up the, what, the Citizens Advice Bureau, which is there to help people receive over 7,000 calls every day. They, don't know, they can't manage because they can't solve the problems for people. And when you look at it, every five minutes, someone gets declared bankrupt because they've owed too much and they can't pay back. 
And if you get declared bankrupt, that affects you for the next six, seven years. I mean, that is not a stigma that we want as a child of God. We need to be, we need to be different. We need to walk with our heads held high. We need to be able to say we are living a debt-free life. So let's take a look. What does the Bible tell us about finances? Because there's so, so much. And to every area of our lives, God, and you know, last week, Aunt Naomi told us our Bible is what? The basic instruction before leaving earth. So to every area of our lives, there is an instruction in there. And the previous weeks, we've been taught about or reminded about obedience. So if we will just apply that, apply the obedience to reading the word of God and following the word of God, we will be delivered. So the first scripture we'll look at is Psalms 24.1. And I think even if we were to read that scripture alone, that, that is enough to cover. world and those who dwell within. Amen. Amen. I mean, I, I'm sure that's, that's clear enough. The earth is the Lord's. Everything that dwells in it. Do we dwell in it? So, we are the Lord. We sang the song earlier on. Yes, you are the Lord. Most high. You're the Lord over our lives. You're the Lord over our homes, over our children, over the possessions, over everything that we have. You are the Lord. So if God has given it to us, why do we have to squander it? Each one of us, whether we like it or not, are going to give account. And that would include what God has given us. It would include giving account of our lives, giving account of our children, giving account of the ministry, every single thing. So the sooner we take heed, and we begin to put things in place, the better for us. Second Peter 1.3, it says, Now the power of God has given us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. He's given it to us. So why are we chasing after vanity? Why have we made money and mismanaging it why have we made it our God? Because that's what we're doing. Some people would choose to go to work over then being in church to hear the word. Would choose to go to work over being at Bible study. I was speaking to Auntie Naomi yesterday and we were talking about, you know, she went for a program and they didn't start on time. We went for a program. They didn't start on time. And I said, when are we going to get our acts together? And the same thing we do at programs, we bring that same thing into the body of Christ. We bring that into church. Is this the way we honor our God? But you know what? 
We don't do that at work. So that means we honor our employers above our God. The God that gives us the breath. The God that watches over us when we are asleep. The one that gives us power to have wealth. The one that gives us the job. The one that gives us the business. The one who, if he takes his eyes off us for a millisecond, we would not be able to go to the job. Yet we compromised that relationship with him. You know, church, I, I really don't apologize for being hard this morning. I refuse. I cannot apologize. Because I believe that some of us need to hear this. And we need to hear it raw. You know, let me say something. There's nothing wrong in shopping at Primark, you know. And there's nothing wrong. I shop at Matalan. I shop at Primark. And I shop at Tesco's. So all the places that we seem to write off and say, I will not be found with a Primark bag. Come on. You know, my mom always says something. As long as your clothes are not dirty and they are not faded, you can wear them. I saw a sticker behind the car yesterday. Do you know what it says? God recycles. I say, yes, Lord. Even though the concept of what was said yesterday might be different. He, rec he recycles people. He recycles people that are broken. He recycles people, turns them from their mess, and he gives them a message. He turns them from their trials, and he gives them a testimony. But, you know, I was looking at it in light of today's message. And I was saying, you know what, that is so true. I had a pink dress on a few weeks ago. How old did I tell you that dress was? I said it's over 20 years. And do you know what it was? It was Iroa Mbuba. Do you know, who, who, do you know who, what Iroa Mbuba is? It's a top. It was made as a top and a big wrapper. I had it over 20 years ago. And when I felt there was no need for that, I changed it into a dress. And I came to church, and people were like, you look nice. And I was saying, if only you know how old it is. But what point am I making here? You can recycle. Sarita had a top on this morning. I said, oh, that looks nice. She goes, I've worn it three times. Who's to know that you've worn it two or three times? <laughs> I didn't hear that. It's true. You know, and I, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to touch I'm going to touch some so points this morning, guys. With all due respect, we don't need to know what brand your boxes are. I'm sorry, we don't. Whether you buy them from Primark or you buy them from a branded store, just make sure it's clean 
and cover it up. We don't need to know that you're buying expensive. And if you're a lady and you're revealing your brand, it's the same goes to you as well. We don't want to know how much you spent on it, as long as it's clean. So we're talking about being stewards of what God has given us. The Bible says we should honor God with our substance. What is your substance? Your salary. The money you make from your business. Honor God with it. If you don't honor God, you would honor something else. You know, I like Proverbs 19, 17. It says, have you got it? Go for it. 17. Yeah. Proverbs 19:17 reads He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. Amen. You know, there is no way you will go into business with God and you'll lose. There is no no way. So how can you go into business with God? You partner with him. And if God says, this is where I want that money to go, you make sure it goes there. Because the interest you get from partnering with God, right, would be mind-boggling. So you give to the poor. That's what the apostles did in the book of Acts. They came together. They took care of the widows. They took care of the poor. And that is what we, as the church, are meant to do today. So let's ask ourselves, how many poor people are we taking care of? How many people in the community are we reaching out to? How many widows are we taking care of? How many elderly mothers and fathers are we taking care of? Someone might say, oh yeah, I, I, I can't because I don't have enough coming in. You know what? There was a time... For a period of maybe seven months, I wasn't working. The little I had coming in, people blessed me. From the, what I got blessed, I paid my tithes. Because I sold it as a seed to the Lord opening doors for me. So whatever it is that we have, it's the heart that God is after, not the amount that we give. Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Not his children, his children's children. So if that's the case, that means you have to leave an inheritance for your children as well. So what are we putting in place to make sure that our children's and their children's children, our grandchildren, have an inheritance. I mean, let's face it. If we stick with our nine to five jobs, would that give us, leave us an inheritance? No. We need to be real with ourselves. And that's why we need to ask God for creative ideas. Bill Gates hasn't got two heads. Warren Buffett hasn't got two heads. Richard Branson hasn't got two heads. 
Alan Sugar, the likes, I can name them and name them. We have a better inheritance than some of these people I'm mentioning. We all run after Apple products, which is fine, which is fantastic. But he's left an inheritance. So what are we doing to leave an inheritance? Because that's what we're commanded to do. The scriptures I'm reading are not optional. They're a command from God. So are we teaching our children right so that they can teach their children right? And can I encourage parents, especially those of you who have young children, and even the grandparents, I would encourage you this morning to start doing something. And those of you who are going to be parents soon, when your children get to the point where they understand, they know what a pound looks like, I beg you, let them work for it. Don't hand it over to them. Let them understand the value of money. You know, I, I, I started doing that with Jimmy, and I so wished that I continued. Jimmy used to wash my car in those days, and I'll pay him. I wish I did it with the dishes and his bedroom and every other thing. But my point is, make a list, put it on the fridge, and say, if you clean your room, it's X pounds. If you do help mom, it's X pounds. If you help dad, it's X. Do you know what they'll do? One, they would understand the value of work. And two, they would understand that they need to save because they want to see that piggy bank grow. Get them a bulk, get them a piggy bank that is clear, that they can see the money growing in it. And you'll be surprised how much they would get to understand the value. Let them work for things. Put a value on what they do. And you be, you, if, the, if there are two of them in the house, you'll see how quickly they want, they want to do the one that will, that will bring in the most income. And isn't it the same with us? If we get two job offers, what would we go for? The one that has the better benefit. But let them begin to understand from when they're young. My second job, I think that was oh, probably about 1990. I remember my supervisor then, 25-year-old, had paid off her mortgage, 25 years. But you know one thing she said to me? She said, Joan, I noticed that to every day you have an outfit, you have a shoe to match. And I thought, wow. She had one green coat. I still remember it. One green coat she wore to work. Summer, winter, she wore that same coat. Now, am I saying we should do that? No. There's one extreme and there's another extreme. But it's important, let's walk in the middle of the road. We can enjoy life without overspending. We can look good without breaking the bank. So it's important. Let's think about that. That we have to leave an inheritance.
So we need to put things in place. And there's so many things that we can put in place with the help of God. Bible says God is the supplier. He supplies all our needs. The gold is his. The silver is his. And he's our father. But if we're wasteful, he will not hand it over to us. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, please. the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrows, with many sorrows. Amen. Amen. Should I say any more about that? The love of money. I said it earlier on. For the love of money, people have strayed away from the faith. What did God say to the rich poor? Tonight, your life is required of you. May that never be our portion. It's nice to make money. It's good to make money. God wants us to make money, but not at the expense of our relationship with him. Proverbs 22, 7, it says, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave. I've actually put that in capital. It's slave to the lender. Over the past few months, since worship night, we're no longer a slave. We're no longer a slave. But you know something? Let's be real with ourselves. A lot of us are still in bondage. If you're type that borrows either from the bank as the mortgage, right? Or you borrow from people or you have an overdraft that you're using and you can't pay or you have a credit card. We're still enslaved to something. And that's the honest truth. Now, we can say, yes, it's, it's acceptable for us to have a mortgage. Yes, because we need to live in a house. But it's important that we make sure we make our payments. Because there are people that have mortgages and spend the mortgage money on something else until the house gets repossessed. Or we go for a house that we can't afford the repayment. And, you know, we'll talk about this over the next few weeks. How to live within our means. So, the rich rule over the poor. If you, if you borrow money from the bank and the bank says, okay, you know what? Interest rate is going up. It's gone down at the moment, but I'm saying if the interest rate goes up, what do you do? I'm sure a few of us will have a few sleepless nights. Because we'll need to uh, readjust our payments. And God wants us to live in peace. He doesn't want us to be agitated. He doesn't want us, you know, having sleepless nights. And I thought about it this morning. We were all, I mean, we were all rejoicing when the interest rate went down. If you, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? 
But if for whatever reason the interest rate goes sky up, we will not rejoice. I know Dad was saying earlier on, nothing should stress us out. But if that happens, I, I, I can tell you there will be a few people that will be stressed out. Because we'll need to make sure that that money comes from somewhere else. So, you know, how do we get ourselves into this situation? Simply by we overspend. We spend more than we have coming in. It's as simple as that. We don't live within our means. We don't cut our coat according to our cloth. <laughs> now I was saying to myself, hmm, cutting your coat according to your cloth or cutting your coat according to your size. Because you know why? The government has helped us to increase that the cloth by credit cards and by loans. So you could say, you know what? That cloth, idiomatically speaking, has, has increased. It's, it's gone bigger. So some of us need to cut our coat according to our size, you know, or cut our size according to the cloth. <laughs> you know, I used to justify buying extra clothes to say, oh yeah, put on weight. You know, the Lord dealt with me recently and said, you know what? If you're buying more clothes because you've put on weight, shouldn't you actually be losing weight? No, I'll be honest. God dealt with me. He says, shouldn't you actually lose weight to fit into the clothes that you have? It's hard, but it's got to be done. It's discipline. <laughs> That's not, it's no excuse. And I can be real with us. That was how God dealt with me. Your answer is not going to buy more clothes. Because you're putting on that weight which would impact your health. You know, we've become a nation of spenders. Spending more than we earn. And we're enticed by different offers. Buy one, get one free. And do we, do we actually need that extra one? And then there's an inability for us to pay that back, which leads to us not being able to save and causes relationship problems. And a lot of us don't understand the implications of missed payments. We don't understand what it means when we default on payments. We don't understand what it means to have a county court judgment against us. If you don't make a payment when it's due, it becomes a problem. You might not be put in prison, but I tell you, there is another prison that is not a physical prison. And that is a six-year prison because your name gets blacklisted for the next six years. So where other people are getting, get, having to get something maybe at a discount, you're not, you, you're not gonna benefit. And if you're wanting a job in a financial institution and you've got county court judgments against you, then maybe that job might not be yours in the first place. Because if you can't manage your own personal finances, how are you going to manage a company's finances? So let's, let's think about all these things. 
because it's a roller coaster. It, it, it follows on from one thing to another. We've got to a stage where people don't understand the difference between a need and a want. So everything that is a want has now, has now moved into the lane of a need. I need a holiday. I need to buy that entertainment system. I need to buy that bag. If it's not food, if it's not shelter, if it's not clothing, it's not a need. I'm sure a lot, we all studied that when we were in school. The basic necessities of life. Food, clothing, and shelter. Period. But that has expanded. Now, am I saying we shouldn't take a holiday? No. What I'm talking about is being a good steward of what God has given us. If you can afford it, by all means. But we don't all have to go to the Seychelles. We don't all have to go to Cuba. We don't all, I mean, we can have a staycation. There are so many places in England that I've never been to. And we can go and enjoy having a holiday if you want to get away from home. You know, thank God for Groupon. On Woucher. Thank God for all the, you know, there are all these applications, there are all these sites that you can go to and get things at a reasonable price. Did you hear what the guy said? Thank God for eBay. Right? eBay, eBay has stuff. There are people that get presents and have never opened it and they want to sell it on. And they'll sell it at a fraction. So not everything on eBay is, you know, um, down there. I mean, I'm not an eBay fan, but you know, I'm sure there are a lot of lovely things on there. Shop around for things. You know, the government encourages people to get into debt, but they are not good at debt management. I mean, this is the same government we pay our taxes to. And now we're moving rapidly into a cashless society. You know, everything is, just get your phone and you touch, you know, contactless, contactless. By the time you know it, the bills have mounted up. So it's important that we do understand what God wants us to do. Can we have a quick look at slide 16, I think it is. Are we getting something this morning? Amen. You know, and I encourage us, if we're in that situation... If we're in a situation where, you know, we've spent more than we earn, we're in debt up to our eyeballs, encourage us. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't sink your head into the sand. And that's what a lot of people would do. You know, you stick your head in the sand and you say, you know what? If I don't reply those letters, if I don't answer those phone calls, if I don't get in touch with my creditors, you know, over time it will go away. I kid you not, it would go nowhere. You would have the bailiffs knocking at your door. So if you're in a situation like that, don't bury your head in the sand. You wouldn't be, it wouldn't make you invisible. It was just going to suffocate you. How long can you have your head like that for? Not for too long. 
So if you're in a situation like that, communicate with your creditors. Come to an agreement. Contact, you know, there are Christian organizations that help to deal with debt. Speak to the right people that can help you. So my question this morning is how can we as individuals and collectively, how can we get better at this? How can we change? Because there is a way out. And our way out is through the word of God. And it's for us to understand that whatever God has given to us is not for us to squander. When we realize that we are custodians of what God has given us, we will treat it differently. If dad was to give me 500 pounds today, and just says, here's 500 pounds, would I go shopping with it? Would I? I wouldn't. I wouldn't go shopping with it. And you know, very quickly, I'll I'll I'll, you know, this has just sprung to mind, and I'll share it with us. There was, this was years back. There was a brother that I knew, and he didn't have his papers, and he, he worked. And I think at some point, he suspected that he might be deported, and he came to our house. It was a Sunday, and he said, oh, Sister Lola, that's my Nigerian name, and handed me a check for 6,000 pounds. I think Jimmy must have been about a year or two then. 6,000 pounds. And I said, Brother Philip, what do you want me to do with this? He says, I want you to hold it for me. Okay. I paid it into my account and I left it there. And, you know, by God's grace, he, he wasn't deported and he was able to sort out his papers. And that money was in my account for I don't know how long, a couple of years. And then one day in church, he said to me, this was when time I used to go to New Covenant. He said, oh, um, I want to give you a few months notice um, because I want that money back. I said, why are you giving me a few months notice? He said, oh, just in case. I've used, I said, Brother Philip, today, today, right? You are, <laughs> you are free to come to my house and collect a check for your money. I, I said, I don't touch other people's things. He said, wow. I said, well, if you're ready, he, lives, he lived just down the road from us. I said, I can bring the check. I, I don't have my checkbook yet. I'm happy I will bring a check to you this evening with your money. And you can go and bank it tomorrow and cash your money. What am I saying? We are stewards of what God has given us. And it's important that we realize that. When we have that mindset, we would not squander God's money. It really hurts me to throw food away at home. And maybe that's why I put on a little bit of weight. Because when I cook, and my children don't eat it, I'm forced to eat it. Pardon? I should, yes. But when I cook less, sometimes <laughs> they're like... <coughs> so my point is, you know, we should stop wasting what God has given us. We need to be accountable. Because we would account to God. And how are we accountable? If you're, if you're married, you know, sit down with your husband or your wife. Have a budget. This is how much we have coming in. 
These are our expenses. And let every single amount you get, let it have a name on it. Right down to entertainment, miscellaneous, just in case money. Have it there. So that if a situation arises, you've got the money for it. And I think that's where a lot of us falter sometimes. You know, we have our budget and something comes up and like, oh, what do we do? And we have to pay for it. If you're single, have an accountability partner. Let there be somebody that you're accountable to. If I was going to make any mo a major purchase, there are people I will speak to. And I expect them to hold me accountable. To ask me, do you have the money for it? Do you need it? Do you need it now? These are things we need to ask ourselves. Now, so as I wrap up this afternoon, I really want to encourage us. We've spoken about how we are stewards of what God has given us. I've showed us the statistics, and we are all impacted by this. I've shown us a bit of what the Bible says about how we handle our finances. Why do we get ourselves in these debts? I've t told us what effect it has on us and how we can be accountable because it's important that we're accountable. And more than anything else, we need to cut our code accordingly. And in doing that, we ask the Lord to help us. We take ste small steps, small steps, small steps. And it's a journey. I had to do a plastic surgery on my credit cards. And I enjoyed doing it. Because I knew it was the step for me to be delivered from spending. I used to have some pots that I paid. I'm not going to tell you how much I paid for those pots. <laughs> my secret is out. And I kept them for years and years. When I, when I move, when I buy my new house, when I, when I fit my kitchen. And I remember Rita and mom came to the house and they threw away all the old pots. And they said, now is the time you start to use them. I did not be for them. They probably would have still been in the loft. And we do that. I used to make sure I had two blenders just in case one breaks down. Had two irons, extra set of cutlery. I had plates and, you know, come on. Come on. We need to change. Oh. We need to change. You know something? We have those special plates and cutlery for when we have visitors. Why can't we treat ourselves? When the visitors come, they will share what we use. Why do we leave the best for the visitors? And we have worked so hard for it. You know, we, we, we really need to change. If we use the cutlery, when it gets rusted, go to the shop and buy another one. But let's use the best for ourselves. We've worked for it. 
So, you know, church, I just, I encourage us. Let's start to think differently. There's nothing stopping a group of churches coming together, a group of Christians coming together with the finances God has given us to deposit for our own building. But if we're spending the money on the wrong things, how can we do what God wants us to do? It starts with me. It starts from you. It starts with every single one of us. Ladies, how many shoes do we need? Let's face it. How many bags? Men, come on. You know, the Lord will help us. You know, we sing this song, I surrender all, withholding nothing. So we should not withhold our finances from the Lord and say, Father, whatever you would have me do with this. Let's get to a point in our lives when we say, this is my salary. These are my, these are my bills. Lord, this is what's left over. What would you have me do with this? So that when God says, I want you to go and bless that person because there is a need. We're not binding the devil. Get behind me, Satan. Because when we haven't got it, that's what we'll do. We say, ah, Satan is a devourer. He wants to take the money the Lord has blessed me with. Whereas God wants us to release what we have in our hands so that he can release what he has in his hands unto us. So over the next few weeks, church, we're going to talk again about accountability. We're going to talk about having a budget and how, what the, is the importance and how we do a budget. I'll try and, you know, bring some examples for us. And if people want to come and see me, see Will, there are a few of us that work in the finance industry. If you want to speak to us about it, to help you get on the right path of doing these things, that's why we're a family. Let's help each other. I'm going to talk about shopping tips. That is one that, you know, really I, I, I have a passion for. How to allocate your spendings. We're going to talk about savings. We're going to talk about multiple streams of income. And we'll talk about, you know, just baby steps to our financial freedom. Because I believe we all want to be free financially. Or is it just me? We need to fulfill our God-given destiny. And that includes our financial destiny as well. So as we round up, I want us to rise to our feet and we'll sing that song. Withholding nothing, we surrender. And we sing it as a prayer unto the Lord. That Lord, even though up till now I might have held on to everything I have as mine. Today I say to you, Lord, I surrender everything to you. Withholding nothing. I ask you, Lord, that everything that you have given unto me, I would use for your own glory. I give it back to you, Lord. 
the same way as we come and we dedicate our children unto the Lord. Let us dedicate our finances unto God this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at 10.30 a.m. at 336 Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.